Welcome to episode 220 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian, the sensual sauce sharply. Hello, baby. And Matt, the <laughs> mood setter, Casal. Hey. <laughs> it is Monday night, November 6th, and tonight we're going to break down Thor Ragnarok and tell everybody why it isn't as great as you think that it is. Oh, hot takes. Because hot like what, the fires of Ragnarok. That's what McSauce does. We are here to ruffle feathers and make you think. Bust you out of that Marvel machine and make you think about the things that matter, not just all the laughy jokey jokes that send you home and without realizing, hey, there wasn't any character development in that movie after all. Way to bury the lead there, Paul. But before we get to lack of character development, we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Speaking of lack of character development, McSauce.com. Shitty characters that uh, we have in our comic book strips. I don't know. I, I think that they've changed throughout the years. I think that we've developed the characters from the comic strip pretty pretty well. I th- in the beginning, they were making crude gay jokes, and, and now they're woke. I'm excited about it. Yeah, we started in 1988 when it was okay to say faggot. Now they don't say that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check it out. I was, See the whole I was watching uh, the Monster Squad uh, over <laughs> Halloween break, and um, boy, did they throw the word faggot around as oh, if yeah. as if they're just saying jerk. And like, you just realize this movie could never be made today. Like, it could. This movie was for kids, Paul, and they're saying faggot every other word. Was there it a PG was... movie? PG-13. PG-13, okay. Yeah. Which is really funny because it's it's like there are moments of such childness of it. Childishness? Childishness, thank you. Childishness uh, that, that happened in this Childosity? movie. That, that feel like they are... Uh, they belong in a G-rated movie, like uh-huh. a like a Disney type of movie. There are moments, like and then when it, little sister goes and holds Frankenstein's finger by the lake. Yeah, but then she says, "Don't be chicken shit," which was kind of hilarious. But like, but that's, that's uh, the, the juxtaposition. juxtaposition. Jinx, jinx the position. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Or the part when uh, Eugene um, calls the army at the very end. The army shows up because of some. You know, letter written by a kid in crayon somehow made it to the United States Army, and 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 the general shows up with the whole army, and it's just bizarre. The like that is in the same movie as um, Wayne from the Wonder Years calling Fat Kid. Fat Kid. That was his nickname in the yeah. movie. Fat Kid, not. Uh, Horace, it was Fat Kid. Kids were brutal yeah, in the eighties, man. And, and Fat Kid wasn't enough of an insult, so they had to call him Faggot. Yeah, the double with, F insult along, sandwich, along with you know, the, give me the amulet, you bitch. Which is fucking beautiful. I love that part. It always scared the shit out of me. Like even as a kid, I was like, man, he shouldn't be calling that little girl. I love that coarse language from an undead ghoul. Dracula blows up a cop in a car with dynamite. Yes, he does. Not as violent. He was a very good policeman. Not as offensive to me as when he picks up that little girl by her shirt and calls her a bitch. Like even as a kid, 
it made me feel fucking weird, and it still does. I don't <laughs> like it. Well, the movie makes me feel way weirder today than it did as a kid. And what's funny is, man, was that movie formative uh, to my childhood, which is a little bit like embarrassing to admit because, like, maybe maybe that's where I get my colorful language from, Ian. I don't know, but. You're, you're, you can hold it together. Okay, well, that's good. Um, apparently, think... they couldn't really hold it together in this movie. But I will say, just very briefly, I realize Halloween was so last month. But this movie did an incredible job of bringing the classic monsters to life and not, not um, being shy or being afraid to... Uh, embrace the classic costumes in a way that that was just like okay fine you went to party city and you got costumes for the wolfman and for dracula and frankenstein that's the way they're supposed to look and they didn't they didn't try to change it to be cool or gritty or anything i think it was at a time when it you didn't know any better, right? I don't think gritty was really en vogue quite right. like it is nowadays. Right, like if the monster squad was made today there's no way that Dracula would dress the way that he dresses. How they fucking should? How would they do it what now? What Dracula looks like? It when, would be deconstructed Dracula. It would just be Johnny Depp. It'd it, be that that fucking girl boy from Castlevania. Girl boy. Dracula. The lady boy, Dracula, lady boy. Dracula should look like fucking Dracula uh. because that's that's who Dracula is in Monster Squad. He's Count Dracula. He's not a vampire. Right, but okay. He's Gary Oldman. Dracula. Gary Oldman was Dracula as well, right? But that was nothing like Monster Squad Dracula. Monster Squad Dracula was a lot more like uh, Bella oh, Lugosi, yeah. right? Yeah. Jinx, Jinx again. <laughs> but the thing is, because this was in color, you just saw, like didn't it kind of feel like a shitty costume in Monster Squad? Like if you're being honest, well, I guess. But he. I forget the actor's name. He plays him. So, I don't know, but he was he a faggot. Plays him so well, Oof. and he's so. Boy, we're he's coming so, with the heat. He's so. Scary. I was just saying we he's were so woke. legitimate. Like he plays that fucking character. That is my Dracula. That's your that Dracula. He sells that costume. He is terrifying, Matt. I could do Duncan Rigger. Duncan Duncan Rigger. I could if we stopped McSauce today. I could do. A McSauce, or I could do a Monster Squad podcast every week of the year. Could you really? I love that movie don't, so much. Don't tempt fate, because you might end up doing the McSauce Squad <laughs> cast. <laughs> would you guys? Well, you would you? you would guys would I subscribe to, be, to that? If, no, no, I wouldn't. If you guys weren't doing it with me, it would have to be like Monster Paul cast. Yeah. Well, hey, who knows? You have the mics and everything. You can Where do it fuck yourself. Where are we going with this? I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, was there Monster, more housekeeping? Monster Squad, great movie. Hey, that, there that, is more housekeeping. Yeah, there. Uh, that was a little taste of Mixostober that we do every year. If you want to check out some more Mixostober, Mixostpodcast.libsyn.com, the archives of and, and the history, the storied history of this proud podcast franchise you can go back through the years and see all the other examples of our uh mixostober we we try to give the holidays all their their credit i know that we typically do thanksgiving episodes we try to we try to make room for thanksgiving you know you know <laughs> no 
Let me tell you what. Tell us. I am... I am so fucking sick of Christmas commercials. Already. Can we give Thanksgiving some fucking no. room no. to breathe? I, as soon as, as soon as trick-or-treating ended on Halloween, I started seeing Christmas commercials. Yep. And I've been told they were running Christmas commercials for weeks now. I don't think they were. I think they started on Halloween night because yeah, I, they, I right. hadn't seen any. They and started I, at 8 p.m. Halloween night. And I'm fucking, I'm done already. Let's, I know Halloween, or I know Thanksgiving is a bullshit holiday because it's it celebrates the genocide of a native people. I get it. It, it, it it's a, well, see, it doesn't. It celebrates that one day that uh, America suckered those poor people. And come on in, let's Didn't have they, a meal before we kill you. Isn't all. that when they taught them how to chuck corn or something? <laughs> chuck corn? I don't know. Isn't it shuck chuck corn? Shuck corn. I believe shuck. you shuck corn. Shuck. corn. shuck. Yeah. How do you spell shuck? S h u c k. Oh, yes, no, I I know I I spoke to this topic last year. Um, but I just want to say it again. I just, you know, I know it's a bullshit holiday. It, you know, celebrates, you know, genocide of Native Americans. Right. But I think it transcends what Thanksgiving initially was and all that bullshit because now the majority of people are woke. We get it. And now just like this pod, just like this podcast. Now Thanksgiving is, it's just about, you know, just. Being the, the, thankful for things. the three F's: football, food, family. Right. Not in that order, it's but you know what I mean. Getting together with family, spending time with the people. No, it's you pretty love, much that order. Eating yeah. food. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Yes, it's, it is. It's transcended its grisly history, which is so, really funny, Paul, if I may, because the antithesis is Christmas, which has also transcended its history. Wasn't uh, it a pagan holiday? In the other way, though. In the other way, exactly. It's like the. Reverse effect. Right. Christmas used to be love each other. Now it's get them deals, baby. Thanksgiving, which, which it's, sadly it's the starts on holiday. Right. Fuck like you. The which sadly, man. which th- burns my Sadly, asshole. Thanksgiving is the day that marks uh, the the start of people being pieces of shit for the next thirty five days. Um. Yeah. But it's, it's Matt, like they. It's like a horror movie where they eat the turkey. They fall asleep and they wake up as pieces of shit. <laughs> as pieces of shit. Do you know <laughs> black fry black pieces of shit? <laughs> Do you know what day in September people aren't going to be pieces of shit? In September. In September, how about no, December? Did I say this? Uh, did you I said say September, September. Or did but I, you can try did again. I, did I stutter it or slur it? You, you, you said, said September clear as a bell, sir. <laughs> clear as a school bell. <laughs> Well, any, anyhow, Matt, people are going to be nice on December 1st. Ian, tell us why people are going to be nice on December 1st. Hopefully they will be nice because we will be having the the first, the McSauce live Christmas special at the Fan Club Sports Bar on Airbreak Avenue in Wilmerding, Pennsylvania. We're going to... Fuck yes. We're going to... What's the address there? It's... it's, it's on Airbrake Avenue in Wilmerding. I don't have the exact address right in front of me mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Fan Club Sports Fan Bar. Fan Club Wilmerding. Sports Bar in Wilmerding. McSauce Live Christmas Special. Oh my God. We're teaming First up. annual. We're teaming up with our good friend Jeremy Canals. He's 
gracious enough to lend us the space so that we can have a live event where we are going to be accepting donations for our Toys for Tots charity. You can also send in your either monetary donations or if you want to send us physical gifts, we've gotten those before. You can contact us in the normal ways that you do, but we will have a PayPal button on the site. There will also be a PayPal button on the Facebook page so you can easily donate to the charity. But if you want to join in the Christmas spirit and come see us in person as we do a live, our first ever live show, then you can come on down to the fan club sports bar December 1st and hang out. Every year we do Toys for Tots. We ask you, the McSauce listeners, McSauce Nation, to donate with us and then we go out a few days before the cutoff day we make our annual pilgrimage to the local toys for tots we buy a shit ton of toys and donate it this year we want to make it uh, interactive we want to make it a more interactive experience we will also be while we're taking toys for tots paypal donations we will also go to toys r us buy the toys we also want to see your faces um go out buy a toy bring it to us at the fan club sports bar come drink with us eat some spuds and suds listen to the first live mix sauce podcast we don't know what we're going to talk about tell us what we're going to talk about you can shout it at us you know we can how probably you take always, fan questions you you know how you always talk about Ah, I was so mad that I was yelling at my radio as I was driving on my commute. You guys are idiots. Well, guess what? You're going to be able to react to us live. You can tell us how stupid our opinions are to our faces. And this this is a great opportunity for all of McSauce Nation to get together, have some drinks together, enjoy a night, spread some of the Christmas spirit that I was just talking about not liking, but I'll like it by then because Thanksgiving will be over because Christmas should never start until thanks is given. I completely agree with Matt, that. Matt, are you excited about the McSauce Christmas special? Yes, absolutely. I have always wanted to star in my own Christmas special. Um, you know, I know it's a little early to talk Christmas, but, you know, I've got a Hey, I've got we got a handful. promo this bitch, baby. I've got a handful of favorite Christmas specials, you know, like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, things like that, and... Uh, I'm confident that the McSauce comic book podcast Christmas special or whatever we're calling it. Is that about right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. McSauce live. 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 Special. live with Paul McGinty. And the McSauce. please dress up as your favorite Christmas character. We it will. can be Emmett Arter. It can be the Grinch. It can be... It can be, be uh, Kermit from A Christmas Carol. It can be Mr. Uh, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice Any one of those, really. Me. I love you. I love I, Mr. Mr. Hanky's way funnier than he has any right to be. <laughs> so that's December first. We're thinking seven seven thirty. We've yeah, got some more, details to more iron fleshed out, out details to come. But we wanted to get the first word out as soon as possible. That's tonight. This is all coming together right before we record this episode. One more um, time. One more time. Where can they go to donate for Toys for Tots? Our to mcsauce.com. There will be a link up or to the McSauce Facebook page. So December 1st, Fan Club Sports Bar, McSauce Live, Christmas special. Come out, hang out with us, share some beers, mm-hmm. share some toys, share some 
Christmas cheer. Christmas joys, I think, Christmas is what joy. you wanted to Toys say. Toys and Christmas to like, joys. You know, rhyme that together. Oh, God, we really should have workshop right, this so before we now, started recording. Now, enough for, for the, uh, uh, the, you know, masturbatory portion of the show where we talk about ourselves and into the meat of the show. Where we talk about what ourselves think. Yes. So, Thor Ragnarok, the... The funniest Marvel movie to date. I think that's a fact. I think I saw that headline somewhere today. Yeah, it was on PolitiFact. Um, isn't that's, so? This, uh, that's this always movie, correct. This movie is doing gangbusters at the box office. Correct. Yes, that is, it's that the is fourth, correct. Fourth highest grossing movie this year so far. Uh, enjoy behind, while it lasts, Thor, because behind Wonder Woman. Uh, behind Wonder Woman. Baby Driver. Spider Man. Baby Driver. No, uh, not Baby Driver. Calm down. Beauty and the Beast, Wonder oh. Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man. It beat it out. You know, it's, it's, I thought this was it's, number four. It's, it's, it's not, not quite. It's creeping. Oh, opening. Opening creeping. weekend. Open, oh, opening weekend. Yeah, I right. thought we, you guys were talking total. So. But it came in with a whopping 121 mil. For so, the opening domestic, which is that's pretty fucking substantial. Yeah, it, it is. However, with the way that ticket prices keep skyrocketing on us, like I don't even know what great is anymore. I mean, there used to be a time when you could go to a movie for a dollar. Uh, now, and this is in our lifetime. This right. isn't like when our parents went. This was our lifetime, and now it's upwards of twelve to fifteen dollars if it's in three D. Well, we know that compared to how much it costs or anytime it gets over a hundred million, that's usually a winner, right? Like we typically, typically yes. However, I think these inflated numbers can sometimes be a result of inflated ticket prices. And at the rate that they seem to be going up, I think that's something that we should look at because, um, even five years ago, a movie from five years ago, a ticket price was a fraction of what they are now. I, I, I could confidently guess that it would be roughly 30 to 40% less than what it is now, five years ago. Well, okay, but uh, let's, let's judge it against the production budget then and how much it almost made its entire production budget back in opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Production budget, $180 million. Mm-hmm. This weekend, 123 about. So, like, that's a good weekend where you almost make back the entirety of what you spent on the film. Like, you're you're going to make your money back, and plus, like, I, I think that's at least a good way to judge it. Okay, that always keeps up with inflation, right? Like, we can't judge it against what movies in the 80s did I thought, without having I thought to do a lot these, of calculations. I thought all these like weekend grossing highest whatever numbers were always adjusted for inflation. I I don't think they I don't think they are anymore. I think that they just they're just out there as is. <clears throat> so Thor Ragnarok, regardless of how much physical money it's made. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans love it. Critics seem to love it. Everyone's beating their fucking meat over how good this movie is, how great this movie is, funniest Marvel movie to date, and I can get behind that. I think that it is. Really? As, as funny as those two other Marvel comedies were, Guardians 1 and Guardians 2, 
I really liked a lot of the comedy in this movie. I thought it was. I thought this movie is the funniest Marvel movie. However, I also think it's almost the shallowest Marvel movie. Like, it didn't have any real... Like, at no point in this movie did I feel there were any... um, God damn it. Why can't I think of the word now? I've been trumpeting this since we saw it. There were no consequences. consequences. That's the word. Does that count as a jinx? Kind of, yeah. We're in sync tonight. There were no consequences in this movie. Hashtag groupthink. At no point was I worried about any character. Like, I wasn't concerned about anything. Like... There was See, no. That, there were there were no thing to dire say consequences. In, that's a weird thing to say in a film where one of the main heroes does get disfigured. Like I don't. I didn't. I had a lot of problems with this film, but the like consequences was not one of them. Thor does lose an eye, and right, he does I, lose an eye. Let's talk about that. Okay, specifically in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where people can have any part of their body rebuilt whenever they want, especially if they have Thor's connections. He can make a call <laughs> hey, to anyone to the he, eye doctor? To anyone he wants and be like, hey, Tony, get me a super bionic eye that's gonna talk like you and show your face when I look out it because you make the studio super money. He could call he could call T'Challa and be like, hey, Wakanda's got the greatest tech on the planet. What are the chances of hooking me up with an eye? Like, yeah, so what? He lost... Do you think that's going to happen, though? Like, that's not going to happen. He's no, going to look like it's, that because it's mirroring his, his father but, and his father's journey. Yeah, I get I get that, but there's but it's a choice. It's not, oh, my God, he lost an eye. He has to live with that. He could go to Doctor Strange and magically get a new eye. There are plenty of ways to get a new eyeball. Like, oh, boo-hoo, he lost an eye. If he continues to have one eye from here on out, it's because he's a fucking martyr. <laughs> it's, he can get a new eye if he wants. Like, there's no, there were no consequences in this fucking movie. Okay. Like, yeah, now, now people are going to say, what about Asgard? They lost their whole fucking planet. They did lose their whole planet. Ah, but... As what as what what was beaten into our heads through the second half of that movie, Asgard is not a planet; it's people. Do you believe that? So because they, I don't did believe they lose that anything. I see, like that's what they tell us, but through all the other Marvel cinematic uni- universe movies, Asgard most certainly is a place and is in fact the center point of the nine realms. Oh, so it absolutely is a place, and that was. Something big that I thought happened, right. I, but it all but it happened in such a stupid fashion that I was upset that it happened that way. Right, and I agree with that, and that's what that's what leads me to my next point. That yeah, all right, you're you know Asgard's not a planet. Asgard's a people. I get it, but isn't Asgard the linchpin for the nine worlds? Like, isn't it a pretty big deal like, if the linchpin isn't in the isn't in the structure. It's the anymore? fall of the galactic Rome. Like that's a big fucking deal. All of the worlds are going to fall into chaos. And now, aside, I think right. And aside from, aside from the the macro of what happens to all these other worlds when right. the big world isn't 
isn't there in the middle. Like, aren't um, all those like, ice giants going to get real fucking diesel about taking over the rest of the realms? There's no like so. All of all of the remaining Asgardians lost their planet. Right. Thor, Valkyrie, and Heimdall were complicit. Like they decided blow up the planet. Like they all need to live with that weight. The end of the movie should have been a somber point. Like to really bring home the fact of we lost a lot. Like losing your entire planet, losing all of the soldiers and warriors that Hela Hela killed, that's like there were some heavy consequences that were just brushed off because Korg needs more lines because he's hilarious. He was he was funny. He was funny. He was funny, but it was misused at the end of that movie. It should have been somber. It should have been reverent, and it wasn't because Taika Watiki wanted his lines left in the movie, so he completely undermined the entire end with his fucking comedy with Korg. Korg shouldn't have even been in the brain trust on the helm of that ship at the end of that movie. Thor didn't even know him. He was with him for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Matt, you've been awfully quiet. Well, I wanted you to get everything that you had to say off your chest. I've got more. I've got more. Uh, yeah, I I have to agree that, um, that while there were consequences on paper, basically, you know, Thor loses an eye, loses his hammer, Asgard gets blown up. It still felt like there really weren't consequences to all these actions taking place. Um, and part of the reason was because, A, nobody really died. Um, all It felt like they got all 300 Asgardians out of Asgard, which to me seems rather small. Yeah, uh, was like, it just me? It seem, or, yeah, like, should they have been able to hold all of Asgard on any one ship? Like, that seems odd. Uh, and it, I mean, just visually, if I remember correctly, it didn't look like there were that many of them. Uh, so, more Asgardians died in this movie than Earthlings did in Man of Steel. But I don't see anyone bitching about the wait, fucking wait, 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 mass wait. casualties on Asgard are and you, Ragnarok. Wait, are you taking a leap and assuming that? Because I got the impression all Asgardians made it out safely. All the ones that we loved, at least. Not the ones that, you know, not the... Not any rogue ones. Well, I guess it was only the ones that Heimdall was collecting, right? And had hidden away, right? And Heimdall was like... I guess so. Yeah. Heimdall was like, well, Sif who? Yeah, well, so that couldn't have been all of Asgard was hiding with him, you know? So most of the planet had to have perished. Yeah. But you're just assuming. But it never felt consequential. Sure. It really didn't. Um, even Thor losing his eye didn't feel consequential. It felt like a kind of a gimmick, to be honest with you. Kind of like, well... Now that we have cleverly written Anthony Hopkins out of the series because he's too old and fat to look, you know, even remotely uh, suitable to be Odin, um, let's go ahead and give Thor the patch because that's cool because that's what Odin had and that's really neat. It was like, I'll just wear this Odin patch till we can get back to Earth and one of my super special science magic friends can give me a new eye. I've seen, 
I've seen this technology happen on S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> That's in that fucking universe, motherfuckers. Yeah. He can get a new eye. This is nothing. This is a paper cut for the God <laughs> of Thunder. How about that haircut, though? I bet that's staying, son. Everybody's fucking up in arms about the haircut. That was the main point of contention from a lot of people going into the film. Like, when are they going to cut his hair? I can't believe they're cutting his hair. Who gives a people should fuck? Be, people should be up in arms about the no stakes level of this movie. It was really funny, but it was just a lighthearted I don't comedy. Even think, I, I have to disagree with it was really funny and the funniest. Uh, our theater didn't laugh that much. Like, I personally didn't laugh that much. I was sitting next to you, Matt. You didn't laugh that much. Like, I didn't think when it was When did I as, laugh? When did you laugh? Um, at all the inappropriate times, the racial jokes that they made, all the rape jokes, you were cracking up. <laughs> No, no, no. I laughed oh, at the, okay. you know, the, no, well, yes, but the one I was specifically <laughs> referring to was the one at the very end during the credits and they show the silhouettes of all the characters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I laughed when they showed Jeff Goldblum's silhouette. I don't know why, it just got me. Because Jeff Goldblum was fucking he was funny. genuinely the funniest part of the movie. He Absolutely. Was the, he was my favorite part of the whole film. Absolutely. Mine too. And um, the parts that I thought I was going to love, I kind of, I mean, it was, it was entertaining. This movie was entertaining, but that is where the, the enjoyment stops. It, it, it wasn't, um, it didn't have like a rich story. It didn't have any kind of emotional arc to it. Paul, you had said that, you know, you wish they'd focus a little more on the drama and less on the comedy. I think that's what you said after we saw the movie. And that's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. These movies are begging to have uh, some stakes to them. You know, they're begging for things to feel like they matter. You know, kudos to DC, at least. You know, they, they kind of were doing the Marvel thing in Man of Steel where all these people died, didn't matter, and then they probably went overboard in trying to address it in the in the hated Batman v Superman. Well, Marvel has a lot of really legitimate, heartfelt, dramatic moments. Um, you know, when Cap's going down in the first Avenger, you know, talking on the comm with uh, Peggy Carter, like that's some that's some legitimate shit. Like there were really heartfelt moments in Iron Man, even in Ant Man. There were some legitimate heart. There was some legitimate heartfelt stuff. The civil but war. This was just the civil like, war stuff between Tony oh God, yeah. and and Cap. Like that to me. Even is the stuff with like the high bar for even the stuff the, with T'Challa when his dad dies. Yeah, yeah. You know stuff. what? I want to say, Ian. You you are right. The Tony Stark Steve Rogers conflict toward the end of Civil War was the heaviest stuff that's ever been in a in a Marvel cinematic movie I think it was the part that really felt like it had an emotional weight that frankly all the other Marvel movies and other moments from those Marvel movies seem to lack it's not necessarily for a lack of trying it's just there's almost an intangible that makes like that Tony and uh, Cap stuff like work and it kind of falls a little bit flat other times when they try like I think the uh, the Black Panther stuff I don't know because maybe because they introduced him and five minutes later you're seeing him go through like a traumatic event you don't really care yet whereas like with Cap and 
Iron Man, like we had several movies to kind of like establish the way we feel. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's but, the but, payoff of those two stories dovetailing yeah. together. But we don't. The first time you saw the New Hope, you didn't need to see Luke Skywalker and Ben Kenobi for two movies for Obi Wan's death to be a heavy moment for Luke. No, but it just le- was. But at least you got a whole movie with him where it can be there done. Were, there were uh, there were two scenes between those two actors. You know, it was like, hey, this is my dad. Ah, he's dead. Right. Yeah. That's but, that's it, not a great analogy. Not to the T'Challa, T'Chaka point, but you don't need two movies of build-up. Everything could have happened in Ragnarok and been a legitimately dramatic, heartfelt moment, but it wasn't. Yeah, um, and, and you have... You have all the other movies to build all that stuff in, so that's just not using the material that you have at hand right. to make those moments have weight. And and they even threw away some things that were built in at the end of Thor The Dark World, that classic. It seems like it's a heavy and foreboding moment whenever we find out that Loki is actually on the throne and he's taken over Asgard and he will be ruling from that point on and then it becomes a throwaway gimmick that is, it's just a joke that's done with within five minutes of Ragnarok, where it's its not dealt with. Well, what else did Loki do? Like, Loki's a villain. He's a bad guy. What else did he do? Is he? I think he's too good well, looking I, to be I a straight nah, up bad guy. I, he's too popular right. on Tumblr to be a bad guy. But what else did he do? with his power how else did he abuse his power and that's not explored at all he just made he a fucking play with watched, matt damon right. yeah like oh and yuck yuck but and that, that throws away the entire other film and the ramifications for what he could possibly have done right yep. and that and that's not even in character for what loki has done up till then like loki aligned himself with thanos and the chitauri and the chitauri just to like eat grapes and make people do plays about himself. Yeah. Like up, like leading up, up uh, knowing what we do about Loki up until he takes the throne at the end of the Dark World. Like he's pos- he's positioning himself for far greater, like just taking over worlds, ruling on a greater scale, being a legitimate megalomaniac. But instead. He's just hanging out, eating grapes, watching, watching some plays, and it just it <laughs> undermines the character, mm-hmm. which brings me to probably the biggest problem I had with Thor and <clears throat> with with Ragnarok. And I know we are beating the shit out of this movie, and our loyal listeners are gonna say, "Oh, you guys fucking hate everything," but you know what, motherfuckers, say that all you want. These are legitimate points. We like a lot of things, and. And I liked this movie. I really liked it. I thought it was really funny. I think we spoke very highly of Spider-Man Homecoming when we went to see it. We spoke pretty highly of Guardians of the Galaxy, both Guardians movies when we went to go see them. Um, I even think we spoke highly of Batman v Superman directly after we saw it. So we talk, we we say good things about movies. Wonder Woman, um... Uh, the Force Awakens we talked positively about in the aftermath. Yeah, well, Rogue One we still I still really like. Here's so here, the biggest problem I had with Ragnarok was that we've had we've had 
a handful of movies now of Loki's arc. We've seen him. We've seen him look like he's going to be good and be bad a million times. We've seen him be the trickster god. Um, through all the movies, he's become like the anti-hero. Fans have 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 lashed on to him. So Taylor some, Swift has had sex with him. Right. So at some point, the Thor Loki, um, the the Thor Loki relationship needs to be resolved. He either needs to be on the side of good or go straight dark. It needs to be addressed. That's character development for 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 all this stuff. And I thought that's what we that's what what we were gonna get because at some point in this movie, Thor tells Loki, Thor's like I've I've had, he says I, I've I've had enough. You've had all these opportunities to change, to get better, to be a different person, and you just want to be you all the time. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is the twist. This is the hook in the movie. This is the hook for both of these characters together, where Thor is finally understanding what he, what it means to be a leader. He's stepping into the role of king of Asgard. He's going to rule his people, finally. He's stepping in to be the leader. And this is also when Loki decides, you know what, yeah, I fucked up all this time. I'm going to stand by my brother. This is what matters. And I'm finally going to be the hero that I know I can be because that's what you want from that underdog character. And then at, at, at the very end of the movie, you kind of get that from Loki. Thor throws the thing at him and he catches it. I'm really here, brother. And I'm like, all right, great. But at the same time, Motherfucker, we know you took that. We know you took the fucking Tesseract. And like, we know you took it. And 15 minutes before, he's stabbing Thor in the back whenever they're tracking down the, the, uh, the shuttle to get off the junk planet. Right, but that was right before Thor gives him the talk about being the same and never changing. But at that moment, that's, that's the twist. That's the linchpin where Loki. it's time for Loki to be a different character. He can be a jerk. He can be Tony Stark. He can say what's on his mind and be a jerk, still be a hero. And it's the same time Thor can really step into the role of leader. And instead, uh, you know, Loki gets Loki kind of gets there in this movie. But Thor, he's he's on the bridge. He has all that's left of his people behind him. It should be a heavy moment where this is all we've lost, but I'm going to pull it all together. It should have been a dramatic, heroic moment for the fish out of water in the first movie, you know, whatever Thor's arc was in the dark world, and, you know, night evening at the improv in this one, to finally grow into Odin, to becoming a better Odin than Odin was. But instead, he's on the bridge, and he's like, uh... Where do we go now? And then Te- uh, Watiki makes some jokes, and Thor's like, oh, I guess we'll go to Earth. Unsure about everything, and still the fucking comedian. Complete storytelling dropped ball for this yeah, movie. That, the fact that they tried to cram a joke into that ending like that completely undercut all the seriousness and weight of the destruction of Asgard, I thought. It was just, it couldn't have been a more poorly timed joke. And it was probably like the worst one in the whole movie by adding, what was the blue character's name? I keep saying the... Korg. Korg. Um, he just, he was such a fucking one 
trick pony throughout his whole uh, time in that movie. And, and man, was he just completely out of place at the end of that. You know, that should have been Thor and Loki's moment and having him there was just, it just took all the drama out of it. But hey, you got your yuck yucks out of it, so I guess that's what counts. That's what Marvel's after. Well, I mean, this movie mirrored the Guardians of the Galaxy tone, which we knew it was going to. We saw the previews yeah, and we're yeah, like, yeah. okay, we know what this is going to be. And it pretty much was. I was a little surprised that it wasn't quite the uh, the cream pie and, and banana peels that I thought it was going to be. It wasn't exactly... Um, it. Uh, God, what's it? What's uh, Chris? Um, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. It it was still Chris Hemsworth brand of humor, and you know, props to him. He's a funny guy. You know, he really has good comedic timing. I thought the a problem, lot of the comedy worked really well in this movie. Uh, it it worked. It certainly worked better than Thor: The Dark World, um, which is funny because Thor: The Dark World and Thor: Ragnarok, I think had about equal attempts at humor. It's just that this one was more successful in it. But at the end of the day... this one was directed by a comedy guy. Yeah, right. But it, at the end of the day, the Thor is not a comedic character. You know, the occasional little comedic beat is appropriate. But it just doesn't... It's not what this character is. Marvel's new approach... But whether it's Iron Man or Spider-Man or Ant-Man or Guardians of the fucking Galaxy or fucking Thor, it's all comedy all the time. I don't think there, it's a new approach at all, Matt. <laughs> um, well, you know what? It seems like a refocused approach because I feel like ever since Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel kind of figured out the winning comedic formula. It seems like they've made a stronger emphasis on comedy and kind of the brand and style that just seems to work. Um, you know, I think that the comedy and yeah. say, uh, Iron Man one letting, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Really flex his comedic chops and, and really define that character. You know, Tony Stark really fucking worked, but I think Iron Man three is the point where they were like, let's just fucking make jokes. Right. Right. Um, Perhaps. I feel like Iron Man 3 and maybe Thor The Dark World are kind of like when they were still trying to feel out how are we going to approach our comedy. It wasn't until Guardians. See, that I, I feel like Thor The Dark World, especially after seeing Ragnarok, mm -hmm. like Thor The Dark World had a lot of really good character moments in it. And it wasn't all jokes all the time. Like, Yeah, I only saw it once. So, and, you yeah. know, I'm basing I, I'm my... I'm with you. Like, I, I just... I keep thinking back to... When Thor goes down to Loki's cell and Loki is projecting this image of of himself and he is like, you know, basically cut the shit and Loki drops the the masquerade mm -hmm. and his room's a mess and he's a mess because he's so upset and distraught mm -hmm. and there's so much good brother brother stuff that happens in that movie mm -hmm. that sure there are jokes and, and everything like that and it does attempt to be very funny but it has a heart that Ragnarok is severely missing agreed even later in that movie where they're both in on the plan together of cutting Thor's hand off <clears throat> yeah it's really good stuff between those two brothers mm -hmm. and it's handled really well this one it's just you know comedy fest 20, it's 2017 it's like spy versus spy that's what's happening with 
the Thor Loki relationship here in in this new movie where um, I think it's <clears throat> it's it's a more organic way it's a it's like a natural um like two opposite brothers that have different feelings about how they were loved by their parents yeah. that you can really tell in Thor the Dark World and maybe I'm taking in, too much out of it may, but I don't know in fairness I saw Thor the Dark World once right and we have shifted our opinion on that movie dramatically since we saw it you know it, thor the dark world is now the mcsauce punchline i've it's come only, all the way back to it's like only really the, like no, back to it. it's only yeah. the mcsauce punchline because he gave it a 10 i gave i don't it, remember I what i gave it but i was never gave it a nine i was never bottom of the barrel with this movie i never thought it was bad i just thought it was crazy <laughs> that you gave it a nine right but, it was yeah, but yeah we yeah. have it was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because we did think he went a little bonkers by giving it a nine. So then we started like tearing it apart, making fun of it. And we almost, I think, started to believe it. You know, look at our fucking rankings for our Marvel movies that we did in the summer or whenever it was. Thor The Dark World was ranked really low on all of our lists. It just was. So, you know, if we're going to come back and say, well, it wasn't that bad, then we all have revisionist history. Um, but don't we sometimes do that upon... New information. You are allowed on to change, your, change opinion your opinion because that's what an opinion is. True. Um, and, and you know, everything that I say is with a caveat. I only saw it once. Uh, but it was, I was never compelled after the first time even to go back and rewatch it. Um, it just, it just was okay. All these Marvel movies aside from a very select few to me are good enough to rewatch. Like I, I just bought spider, the, um, Spider-Man homecoming and I rewatched, I was so excited to rewatch it because I freaking really enjoyed that movie in the theaters. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the best Marvel movie yet. I don't know what I was thinking the first time, or maybe I don't know what I was thinking the second time, but, I didn't really enjoy it. And I thought that I was wildly off base with my opinion the first time. I, I, I felt like I wasn't even paying attention the first time. Because I, I think you were a little bit too high. I think we all thought that you might have been... a li- You gave it a little too high. I gave it a nine. And I think you're you're being a little too rough on it now. Now, I, I recently bought it. I haven't watched it again. I'm going to have to watch it again. I disagree with they're not rewatchable movies. I think... A lot of these movies are highly rewatchable. The Guardians movies, very rewatchable. I've watched Guardi- that first Guardians movie. Guardians of the Galaxy is rewatchable. I'll give you that. The The first Thor movie, I think, is rewatchable. Thor, uh, yeah. The first Iron Man movie. Yep. The first Captain America movie. Yep. Avengers is rewatchable. Um, is Avengers it, rewatchable? I, I've rewatched it a whole bunch of times, so okay. I think by definition, Ant because Man it is even kind of because it fun. was on when you were lazy on the couch, or was that a destination? Right. I need to I watch have, Avengers no, today. I, I have watched. I have taken the physical copy of Avengers out and watched it multiple times. Cap three, same thing. I think that even a smaller movie like Ant Man, for some of its comedic beats, and mm-hmm. it's it's fun. It's kind of fun to see some and, of that. I stuff. mean, this is a byproduct of product of comic books as well. The, the stakes are really not ever very high. The characters are like Spider Man's never in any real danger, right? Like he's right. just not going to die. So. Um, whereas, you know, like a horror movie or a different kind of drama movie, 
or even like the Lord of the Rings, right? These fantasy movies, characters can die. There's a little bit more. There's a lot more drama to it. There's a lot more at stake. And well, death is not the only thing that can happen to a character to negatively impact them and impact you as a viewer. He can lose an eye. He could lose. He could. He could simply right. lose. He a could lose an eye. Until he could lose the girlfriend's interest. Until he gets back to. That's her. true. That's and a he fair gets a new point. Girlfriend That's or a, a fair new eye point because they're just as easy to get for Chris Hemsworth. However, in how how callous of you. However, say. in the Marvel movies, they're j- like if you're going to compare the drama in in you know Thor Ragnarok to like Lord of the Rings, there's just no comparison. Well, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> That's not where I was going at all. Um so a lot of a lot of the grief that I've been getting since this movie came out was cuz like I um I haven't I haven't been beating the holy smokes out of my man meat over this thing because it kind of let me down in in a lot of ways. And the response I get is well, it's a fucking comic book movie. Can it just be fun? Well, yeah, but that's not what I want out of a comic book movie. And I've seen enough. It can be I've, fun and good too. We've had enough fun, good comic book right. movies. But we've also we've also had enough dramatic comic book movies to know that these movies can be held to a higher standard. Just because they're based on a comic book character doesn't mean they're just throwaway. They can just be fun and light. And not have any emotional impact. These movies can have emotional impact. Winter Soldier had emotional impact. Chris Nolan, well, The Dark Knight anyway, had emotional impact. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Reeve's original, the, the Christopher Reeve Superman, the movie had emotional impact. Mm-hmm. Spider Man Two had a lot. Oh of my God, Spider Man Two! It's incredible. Incredible. Um, so like even these, even these, within this universe, within this. Uh, movie franchise, uh, Thor's interaction with Loki and Loki's Loki's despair about finding out that he was he was adopted in the first Thor movie. I think had more weight than anything. Right. That or happened when in this when movie. Frigga dies. Yeah, that, I mean, so to sit there and say, can it just be fun? Well, we've seen it ha- be fun and have right. They killed off. Like, it can be both. In Ragnarok, they killed off two characters that were in the previous two movies as if they were nobodies, as if they were throwaways, as if they were complete throwaways. It's like, why would you not make that a dramatic moment? You just, you just, what were the the names? I forget their names. Uh, Fandral and Volstag. Those guys. And then, and then Hogan got it a little later cuz they were like we can't kill the chinese guy right away he's going to have the hero's death Lady we'll kill S- those white guys too sweet lady sif didn't even get in the fucking picture didn't even get in the movie so a, to, like the surrounding bits to finish oh god to finish my to finish my last point we've had enough quote unquote comic book movies up until this point that i expect more from these movies sure we can have a fun movie, we can have an entertaining movie, we can have a comedy, but we can also have all of that with more. So I'm not wrong for expecting more from this movie because I've seen it done properly in the recent past, and I expect more from these movies. I don't 
want just a comedy. I want something to deliver a full emotional range of storytelling from these movies because I know it's capable, I know they can do it, and Thor didn't do it. I understand Sif wasn't in this movie because Jamie Alexander is filming Blindspot and she couldn't clear a schedule, but guess what? Jamie Alexander is not Robert Downey Jr. You already cast Fandral from Thor to the Dark World. Mm-hmm. Recast Jamie Alexander. If you're just, just going to it. haphazardly and dismissively fucking nuke those yeah, characters, right. at least have her in there. If you're just going to undercut everything that those characters have meant for two movies to the Thor universe, just fucking recast her. Because all she's going to do is stand up to Hela and get murked and, like, and get a fucking, fucking quick. stake through the chest. Just fucking recast her. Don't just write her out. Because what what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to bring Sif back for Infinity War. So she's going to be like, she's going to be cannon fodder because she's not one of the big characters. So like during Thanos' big sweep, she's going to be one of the characters that dies. Is that supposed to mean something now? She could have had a legitimate death in the series that she is a real part of. She was a main The character piece. Thor, not Jamie like she, Alexander. She was a main piece of the, Thor the Dark World when they were talking about his love for maybe an Asgardian or a human. And like, isn't she a better match? And blah, 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 blah. Like, there was real weight to that character. And they're like, eh, fuck it. She Who didn't, gives a shit? She didn't even garner a, a side, oh, we broke up. She didn't get anything no dialogue no heimdall wasn't like oh she's helping out agents of shield on earth she's safe none of that just if you just go into thor ragnarok without watching anything else that character doesn't exist and that's a disservice to a really good character especially in the day and age of diversity where people love oh, look strong out. women woke. i will use this point to my advantage woke right sauce. now <laughs> woke sauce baby like yeah i mean she's just she's just cast off and i really like i really like jamie alexander i liked how they handled her in thor I liked how they handled her in the Dark World. I like how they handled her in S.H.I.E.L.D. I have seen every appearance of her in Marvel, in the Marvel continuity. And to just be cast off, just fucking recast her. She's not Evans. She's not Downey Jr. She's not even Clark Gregg. Recast that chick and use that character because she's a good character. It's just disappointing that it seems like with this, with this version of Thor, they stripped away all of the supporting elements that made the character the character. His world, his supporting cast, his main weapon, his fucking hair, his costume. They took it all. They took it all, stripped it away, and like, here, here's this other character. That's just Hope it. you goddamn like it. That's, that's a really... I feel like you kind of boiled it down right there. There's just not much reverence for the character it seems like the changes that they're making are relatively superficial right oh but But, excuse us for wanting to see a thor movie right right so um i with all that said would what paul this is this is the this may as well be and this may be exaggeration 
but this may as well be like Michael Bay's Robots from Mars. This is like <laughs> Lightning God from Mars. <laughs> we didn't see Thor. We saw Lightning God from the stars. Isn't that like that's a joke in the movie too, right? Isn't he like the, he's the god of or he's the guy of lightning the or whatever of, the fuck they the say. The god of like thunder. thunder don't, but don't they the, mess it up? But they keep saying on, like the lord of thunder. On Sakaar, yeah, they the lord of thunder, like which isn't his name, but that might as well be the guy cuz that's who we got. What did we think of the Hulk being in this movie? Um terrible a lot, I feel. Oh. Like Mo- the majority of the time that the Hulk was on the screen, it fucking stuck. It was terrible. Hulk in the hot tub, Hulk talking, and it, it was just fucking babbling nonsense, stupid <laughs> stuff that made him lesser of a character. It makes me enjoy any of the Hulk smash or like the the nice... The nice moments whenever, you know, you know what the secret is. I'm mad all the time. And he fucking turns around and smashes the Chitauri ship right in its fucking nose. That's gone now because I had to see him fucking play with a ball on a bed. Well. <laughs> okay, Ian, you're not you're not wrong. And I, I have to agree. Although I when we first see him in the in the gladiatorial arena. I kind of liked that. I that was, was cool. I was looking forward to that fight from the previews, and it was it was basically what I was hoping it would be. It was really cool, although it had a dumb ending because I wasn't super thrilled with the fact that Thor beat Hulk. Um, but scientifically, it makes sense. Why? Because it's Thor's movie. Yeah. No, because like the way electricity affects the body, if you're hit with that many volts, no matter how big you are, you're like, your, your body is going to be affected. Right. In a I thought it way. was, right. that the, makes complete fight, sense. I fight. thought it was the scientific, like rocks, paper, scissors, God, Hulk, like God beats Hulk. Well, right? that too. I mean, he is a God of thunder. Like Hulk's just a super strong guy. I, I guess a God, I guess. Um, Although, if you read the comics, uh, I feel like anytime Hulk and Thor tussled, Hulk wins. In what book? I can't cite well, the exact one. It was on the Incredible Hulk. Of course it was. Show me a Thor book I where love, the Hulk wins. I love whenever comic book nerds get fucking snippy with each other like that. Paul, I don't. I don't know enough about either well, either arc or seem, book character. Or okay, whatever. well then you shut seem the fuck well up. But I do know about like science, because <laughs> you're like a smart person. <laughs> but I do know you about science. What did you get in fucking chemistry? You don't know fucking anything about science, you dumb shit. So you don't fucking act dumb, like dumb, you fucking do. You both. None of us down here know anything about like science. <laughs> but I do know about science. You fucking dum dums! You both. Yeah, we're all both fucking dum dums. You don't know. You were science. on my side a fucking second ago, asshole. Until you got stupid. <laughs> you fucking traitor! You Loki motherfucker! <laughs> but God, Matt, seriously, stupidity. seriously, that many volts of lightning is gonna shut down a body because he's still a human. He's an augmented human, but he's still a human. And. The movie's called Thor Ragnarok, not Hulk Ragnarok. Thor's gonna win. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah, and it was I'm dumb. Sorry, I'm sorry you didn't like it. 
Yeah, I, was I, I wasn't crazy about Hulk's tiny head. I think it just looks small because he got a haircut, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but he definitely got a haircut in between Avengers and Hulk. He got a face lift, shift, because he looked the most like Ruffalo that he has in all of the movies, which is good. I mean, you want him to look like that. Yeah. But it still was a little odd. I feel the same way about Hulk as I feel about Bizarro. The less talking, the better. Like, I understand he's been he's been stuck as the Hulk for two years, so he's naturally going to find a way to communicate and say things, but... And, you know, the bit about, like, Hulk, Raging Fire, Thor, Smoldering Fire, like, that shit's funny and all, but, like, Hulk is best when he is just an uncontrollable monster. I would have felt better about this character if the Grandmaster, like, had him under his thumb and he was just injecting him with stuff every day to keep the Hulk as his his winning machine. Or Banner knew and they were doing something specific to... Banner was a slave and they were doing something specific to Banner to fucking make him mad and, like, that would have been a more interesting... I know it wouldn't have been funny, but, but it, it would have been more It would have been more interesting and dramatic, so we can't have any of that. But just the fact that he's 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 angry and he's stuck as Hulk, but Why? Why? He the had, part- a cor- like, according to the movie, he had plenty of downtime in his hot tub, yep. in his swanky bed, to not be angry. Mm-hmm. Two fucking years? Yeah, but there's and that a part- dude couldn't chill out and just be fucking Bruce for There's a, a part in the movie when, when Bruce Banner's like, if I hulk up again, I might not be able to turn back into Bruce Banner. And it's like, well, why? Was that explained? Did I miss that? It somehow? wasn't, and I think that's a, that's a flaw in the movie. Like, don't have it so that the the Hulk can have that much control where he can lock him away in the in right in a Be- closet because, again. There. Like it it creates like fake drama. It's like yeah. it's oh, like we don't want him to use the secret weapon, right? And it's like you know he's going to he's going to make that sacrifice that just feels so tacked on. It feels so arbitrary and dumb it's like you guys were not creative enough or if you were i totally missed it so you weren't good at making it memorable so it's on you no matter what it's not my fault yeah but yeah it's absolutely a flaw in the movie and and after he turned into hulk at the end i legit don't remember did he turn back into bruce banner that's how much i didn't care i didn't i don't remember either do we have i'm pretty sure he's still the hulk at the end do we have any bits of the movie that we liked, that we enjoyed, that we? Can I liked enjoy? Thor using real electricity this time and really, really harnessing like the the godlike powers that he's supposed to have. That was cool. I also liked that a lot. Well, a was science, there anything a else? science was there guy a like you. Secondary thing that you liked? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Professor McGinty. <laughs> Were there any other? chemical equations that well, you saw the, in this that's film. The fucking, the fucking, fucking god idiot. of thunder, motherfucker. He <laughs> hasn't done that all this fucking table time? cameo? <laughs> that fucking asshole could have taken out all those Chitari and he fucking didn't? With he could have taken out all those fucking Ultron robots who are only alive because they're full of electricity and he didn't? <laughs> Come on. <sighs> Come well, on, I like genuinely. I said it before. 
My favorite part of the movie was just Jeff Goldblum fucking doing his thing all over the movie. It was like they were like, just go in and say whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. And he was fucking amazing. It felt a little ad-libbed. Like they were just like, this is the scene. Work it out. And I wish there there were more Marvel movies that had a little bit of that feel to them. Where you let the actor just kind of like take over and do their own thing. Oh, I think a lot of them do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't appreciate it as much as I did. As many as is, is is many problems as I thought this movie had with delivering a multi-dimensional story. I really did like the comedy. I thought all of the jokes landed really well. As far as. Uh, a com- being a comedy director. Like, somebody should give Chris Hemsworth a fucking comedy to star in, right? Like, has yeah. he ever had one? Like, so they put uh, him on Ghost- in, I don't know. Like, they put him in all the serious Ghostbusters, shit. Ghostbusters. He, he, he has was, cameos and everything. He was, he was like a co-star in Ghostbusters. And he was the best thing about it, but... Because he was a he man. Gets, like, you don't think girls hat. are funny. Is that what you just said? No, that's not How what I said. I said he was a co- I said How he was a co-star. You? I said he was a co-star. I, did you see it? Did you go to the theater to see that fucking movie, Dr. I McGinty? can't believe you No, I did. Um, yeah, I, I really like... I, I did really like the comedy. Other than... When Valkyrie falls off her ramp because she's drunk, I thought that was a bit over the top. Too close and to I home. thought, hmm, I've never, well, <laughs> I have. I have fallen down drunk before. Um, and I didn't like the devil's anus joke. I thought that was over, oh over the God, top. Oh my God, I hated that. But other than that, I thought all the comedy was right on. I love the bit where... Uh, Jeff Goldblum doesn't like the word slaves at the end. He's yeah, like, I'd rather oh, we don't use be that word. Prisoners with the jobs. devil's <laughs> anus w- hearkened back to uh, Taser Face. Yeah. yeah. Or there was another Just joke early stupid. on in Guardians 2. Uh, and I can't remember. I think Rocket Raccoon said something that was really not funny. And that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, stop doing that. It's like the. the it was lengths lo- that they were it trying. It was low hanging fruit. It <laughs> motherfucker was still planted. It was so low. Oh, in the ground. Oh, that fucking fruit humor. <laughs> I liked Goldblum at the end when he comes out and he's like, "Well, see, you have to have somebody to revolt against. So let's just uh, let's just call it a tie." <laughs> like that was good stuff. Yeah, that was good. Um, I'll tell you this. My my final takeaway. I, I guess this is a good time for final numbers, Paul, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So my takeaway is I am officially uh, in, I'm experiencing comic book movie fatigue, particularly Marvel comic book movie fatigue. I am not enjoying the overall direction of Marvel cinematic movies. Uh, I'm, I don't think it's possible to be less interested in, in Black Panther uh, that's the next one on the on the docket. I think uh, I don't even know what's coming after that. Um, Avengers, right? Is Infinity War the very next? Or is thing? it Captain Marvel? Uh, I I don't know for sure. I, I thought know. it was Avengers. It may be so it many okay. coming out. In fairness, I'm pretty excited to check out Avengers because it's the Infinity Gauntlet finally, and it's been a long time coming. Well, but come on, Matt. What? Don't call it Infinity Gauntlet because you know it's not going to be Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, okay, all right. You're going to be you're going to be mad. 
because uh, there's going to be some oddball 80s ass characters in there that aren't going to be in there. They're going to be supplanted with new characters. Like it's not going to be the movie that you want. Um, no, I'm fully aware of what it will and won't be. Um, you seem to think that I don't know the difference between the comic books and the movies, but trust me, I do. Um, I realize your PhD is in chemistry and biology, but it is not in psychology. I know you, buddy. I've got I've got multiple D's. <laughs> but um <laughs> uh for the record, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, oh, Captain Marvel. Romantic comedy coming up fall 2018. Yeah. So, right? uh is is Infinity War is that May? Then I don't have uh, exactly. It's got to be. But May. I think it's, it's got to be like the first week in it's May. It's got to be May. All right. Well, that's going to be fun, right? That'll be cool. But um, <laughs> you okay? Oh yeah. Was good. Keep going. I, but anyway, I have fatigue. These movies to me are very samey in terms of the tone. You know, they, they try real hard with the jokes constantly, and they don't seem to try all that hard with the other stuff, which is vitally important to making the movie more than just kind of like dumb entertainment. You know, it's like the end fight in Thor, when Valkyrie and Thor were walking toward um, Cape Blanchett, Hela, and they're walking toward her, and they're they've decided they've reserved themselves to the fact that they are going to have to take out this woman themselves. And you're expecting this really cool fight. And it, it was nothing more than a video game, like hundred percent. I mean, it was dumb. It was just dumb. Like I think about, I, I think I told one of you guys, like I compared it even while it was happening. I thought about at the end of the Phantom Menace, when, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan fought Darth Maul and those are real people doing real stunts and it just felt like like there were real stakes to that fight like there was real drama because because it was real people and you could tell it was real people doing it um this just felt really shallow and really hollow so anyway these movies to me need to shift they're not going to I'm 100% positive that they're not going to um, and it's just kind of a shame. Like I, I think our best comic book movies sadly are behind us, uh, at least until like the, the whole comic book movie industry kind of recedes and then they kind of want to revive it at some point down the road. Um, but for now with this being like our reality of what a comic book movie, particularly a Marvel comic book movie is, I am relatively checked out and that's not to say I hated this movie because I'm going to give it a six. It was very, eh, it was like people asked me, well, what'd you think of it? And I said, well, if you're kind of getting tired of these movies, then this isn't going to help you. Like, you know, it's, if you love what they've been doing lately, you're going to love this. So this is right about where I feel like I am on a lot of these movies lately. So I'm going to give it a six out of 10. I don't think that we're at a cookie cutter stage because I think James Gunn had a clear vision and I think he succeeded for a balance of 
drama and comedy with both Guardians movies. Guardians, both Guardians movies were kind of sort of billed as comedies. They were comedies, but they also had a lot of heart to them. They had a lot of legitimate heart. The first Guardians movie where Rocket alludes to how he's just been experimented on and, you know, Peter sees, you know, the like <clears throat> the holes in his back and stuff. Some dramatic stuff. The way Yondu goes out in Guardians 2, the relationship that's built between him and Peter that throughout the movie. Good. That was um, good. When Drax is telling Mantis in Guardians 2 about you know, where he's from and his, his old family. There were some really well-handled dramatic moments in those movies. And I think those that's how, that's what I wanted out of Ragnarok. I wanted a deft handling of, of emotion and comedy. And Ragnarok didn't give that to us. They teased us with moments of, you know, drama and emotion and heart. And they never delivered because... The comedy was the bottom line. I'll give it a seven because it was fucking funny, man. I thought this movie was really funny and it was really entertaining. And as much as I beat this movie up tonight, it was it was cool, man. Like I loved seeing all the crazy colors. I loved the Hulk Thor banter. I especially loved the Thor Bruce Banner stuff. Um So but ultimately there were some really good character moments, some really good character development that could have happened that was just passed over because, you know, hey, I'm Taika Waititi, and I do a voice in this movie, and I want more of myself at the end of this. So fuck your, you know, dramatic, heartfelt moment at the end. Oh, look, this guy's still alive. Ha, ha, ha. So seven, and I think that's pretty generous. Um, I I have to disagree with or at least have a different opinion than Matt does about the about the the upcoming future of comic book films. I th- I think that maybe some of these Marvel movies have run on a similar path for a while, but we still comic book movies is a big a big wide space and even I was in, I was particularly talking about Marvel movies. Okay, I, I was uh, in this year we've gotten Logan. Uh, in past years we've gotten Deadpool. While also a comedy, a very different Marvel style. cinematic movies. Right, right, right. right. Okay, um, I still think as as Paul pointed out, there's still room for directors to impart their specific vision into into their films. James Gunn had a vision. Ryan Coogler for Black Panther might have a little bit different vision with a lesser known property. He has the same leeway that Gunn had with Guardians with Black Panther. Mm -hmm. We might potentially get that with it. It might be a surprise. So I think there's still room for um, for some surprises out there. So I'm going to I'm going to um, sort of hold judgment until I, I at least get to see that and and maybe have some some faith in in a director that's given both of us a movie that we really really liked with Creed so hopefully maybe we'll, we'll get something that's interesting with Thor I we're, oh god um I don't want to like interrupt what you're saying we're, but we're having a dialogue baby come on um 
Yeah, Creed was awesome. Although the, I don't think the Black Panther previews looked all that great. I mean, um, I I like the uh, the first spot um, that they they released, and I, we've seen a bunch of those scenes before. It it looks it looks like a fun world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it looks like something that's interesting. I I get it. In order to create a whole country that's the most technologically advanced country on the planet, that doesn't really exist, and all all of it is going to be CG. I think that's really tough to uh, to really wrap your heart around, but I don't think for a second this is going to be a comedy or even a quasi-comedy. There's I think a lot we're of room get... to move. You know what I mean? Like, with Guardians, they had he had carte blanche to do whatever he wanted think, to do, and the same thing. I thing's think Black Panther's going to deliver the drama. I think it's going to deliver some espionage. Like, I think this is going to be a... I think it's going to be unlike a lot of Marvel movies we've seen recently. Hopefully. I, yeah, I, I think if there's any movie that might not be as funny as we're thinking it's going to be, Black Panther might be that movie. So so we'll see. I could be possibly wrong. But um, in, in regarding uh, Ragnarok, which we're talking about right now, um, I didn't think it was quite as funny as, as everybody says it was. Um, I, I do really like the Thor Loki dynamic. I like Thor as a character. Um, I wish that there was there was more there were more things that made it feel like that character in this film. I still did laugh. I still had had a fun time. I'll probably go see it again just for the shit of it and and take it all in and make sure that that uh, I'm giving it a fair shake, but I, I I'll give this movie uh Man, I don't know. I'll give it a five. Oh, I think it was all right. I think it was just all. It, it was just all right. Mm-hmm. So that's where I land. That's gonna do it for us tonight on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. Don't forget about December first at Fan Club Sports Bar and pick Karen more information to come for the live or what is it what do we call it? Live, live Christmas, Christmas special. special see you then